With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacU Health with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Good morning, I'm Dr. Kerry Gelb, and welcome to Open Your Eyes Radio. Please listen as I discuss the newest information in the world of health, nutrition, and sports every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280, The Patriot. Also, please share your thoughts by emailing me at drkerrygelb at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-R-R-Y-G-E-L-B at gmail.com. Today, we have a return guest, Dr. Sharon Yeh. Sharon's mission is helping people achieve optimal health. She gave up her 20-year career as a clinical pharmacist and is now trained in functional medicine. She's the founder of Sharon Yeh Wellness. She's a certified nutrition specialist and a certified hypnotist. And I'm going to see if she could hypnotize me in just a little while. Uh, she combines her training and experience. She brings a mind-body approach to assist people in releasing stress and guilt around self-care so they can achieve better sleep and have more energy and enjoy long-term, active, healthy lifestyle. Her website is info at drsharonyay.com. It's Dr. Sharon, and yay is yeh.com. And she has some free resources on her website which would be great to look at. She has guilt-free snacks, which we're going to talk a little bit about that, and a mini hypnosis class for peace and calm. Dr. A, welcome back. Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you back. <laughs> and uh, you know, we were, you know, we were talking uh, last time about health and nutrition, but I got to ask you. Tell us about some of your guilt-free snacks that you have, especially <laughs> your gummy bears. I want to know how you make your gummy bears. Oh, my gummy bears. Oh, wow. My gummy bears are, it's actually really easy to make. And they are completely, completely guilt-free. And I started this is because I know the benefit of drinking tea. 
and um I love for my child to experience that but for she was five year old she's not gonna drink tea because most tea has this tart um taste to it so that's why I started to make tea into gummy bear so essentially you just need tea or it can be juice with um, gelatin and a mold <laughs> and how long does it take once you put it in the mold to become oh, a I mean you do have to cook cook it or it's it, you don't want to boil it but um cook it for like 10 minutes and put in the mold to uh, and then put the whole thing in the fridge so two three hours later when it's solidified it becomes gummy bear and you can buy different type of molds from amazon um to fit your knee like my daughter like hard shapes so i bought a hard shape mold and you can actually buy the gummy bear mold or some kids are into legos so and that's actually how i get her to drink smoothie <laughs> and drink et <laughs> and you have some great recipes on your facebook and uh i assume on your instagram i haven't seen your instagram but i've seen your facebook and you have some really good recipes there. But in your talks, you talk about the most life-changing question you could ask yourself. So what is the most uh, life-changing question that you could ask yourself? You know? The most life-changing question I can ask myself? Hmm. I mean, you talked about it where you, you changed from, you were, you were a pharmacist for 20 years. Yes. A clinical yes. pharmacist in a yeah. hospital, I believe. And then you decided, well, I'm going to go in a different direction. And you use that as the most uh, life-changing question that you could ask yourself. So I can't remember, but yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff on my Instagram, Facebook. I can't remember anymore. But it, now at this moment, I always said, um, am I aligned with how I'm feeling, what I'm doing? Like, how do I feel internally? And you um, said a little bit about you, you people always go to the negative scenario instead of the positive scenario. Oh yeah, what if? <laughs> yeah. so why yes. do we always go? Why what, do we always go to the negative scenario? What if? No, I remember. Thanks for reminding me. It's what if. Yes, what if? Well, it's let's go back to the caveman. If you remember from last week's, we talk about caveman, cave women's uh running away from tiger. So our brain is wired for us to be safe because our, our brain is here to protect us. So in any situation, anything unfamiliar, so anything new is going to trigger that protective mechanism. And the logical mind is going to think, oh, why if I quit my job? And well, I'm not gonna have money, so I will end up in the street. It's not going to think about, oh, now I have all this freedom to spend time with my child or I have this freedom to create what I want to create. It's the brain's protective mechanism. And why is change so hard for, for us? Why Good do we consider it almost dangerous to, to change? Because it's our uh, subconscious belief that's what we've been conditioned to since the day we were born. And I know people be wondering like, what are you talking about subconscious? What is that? So let me just explain a little bit, if I can, the sure. uh, three um, 
I don't want to say level, but three parts of the mind. So we have the conscious mind. So the conscious mind is our logical mind. It's the analytical part of the mind is how we are interacting right now. Um, the subconscious mind, it's we are born with it. When we are born, it's blank. So all our belief, all the stories, all our experience are stored in the subconscious mind. Um, so we are who our subconscious mind is. And the unconscious mind is the part of the, the mind, the brain that's in charge of our physiological functions. Like we don't need to worry about or remember to breathe, right? We don't need to worry about heart rate or digestion. So that's the unconscious mind. So why is it so hard to change the habit? Because we have to utilize the subconscious mind to change the heart, the habit. And this is why willpower doesn't work because willpower is the conscious part of the mind. And how do we work on the subconscious mind? So to access the subconscious mind, one tool is hypnosis. So that brings us to hypnosis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really excited to talk to you about hypnosis because that sounds like something really interesting. So how did you first get involved in learning about hypnosis <laughs> and why did you want to learn about it so it's uh again i'm gonna share my story because that's how i got into it um transition from being a pharmacist as an employee to to a, a business owner your identity has to change right i wasn't getting i was getting paycheck every month i know the security is there but now when you have your business that's a whole different type of story. You have to be a different person to run the business. So how do you get from A to B? Um, that means I have to change my identity, my belief, my habits. So that's, I can't remember exactly how, but that's how I get into hypnosis. And that's how, because of the transition, that's how I start to learn about self-love, self-worth, um, self-esteem, self-confidence. And hypnosis help with all those. And how does it help hypnosis help us rewire our su a subconscious mind? So I think before I answer that question, like what is hypnosis? <laughs> That's what everybody probably wants to know, right? So what I'm is sure. exactly? Um, so a lot of people might think hypnosis is relaxation. Um, it might be, I'm going to put you under. No, none of those. Hypnosis is actually a very nature state of the mind where you have focused attention. So Dr. Gary, you've been paying attention the whole time during our conversation, right? Yes. So you have been in the hypnotic state yes. the whole time. <laughs> can you can you levitate me like they did in Superman? <laughs> with I, I don't have that superpower. <laughs> So tell me, can you demystify hypnosis for me? Is it is it magic? <laughs> it's as magical as it can be. <laughs> and um, so I, I would love to go back a little bit just to explain what hypnosis is um, so that your audience understand. Um, I mentioned that it's a very natural state of mind and I want to give some examples. So I don't know if you or anybody listening has experience of driving on the highway and you miss the exit. 
Yes. Yeah, me too. You were in a hypnotic state. Mm -hmm. um, or anyone who's uh, watching a very good movie and you were just like completely lost in the movie or the book, that is hypnotic state because it's simply a state of mind where you have focused attention. Okay. Now, how do you use hypnosis to help somebody? So um, when we do hypnosis, and we'll go through a process. Um, so when you are in a state of focus, attention, your uh, suggestibility, you are more suggestible. That's what I'm trying to say. You become more suggestible. So in a suggestible state, I can give you suggestions. For example, um, we were chatting about when we shop at grocery store, we should just go shop at the outer parameters, right? So during that hypnotic state, I can suggest you shop at the outer parameters, you buy only fresh fruits and vegetables, um, and the fruit is so sweet, as sweet as chocolate that you don't need chocolate anymore, something like that. So those are the suggestions given during hypnosis of course the, suggest the suggestions are based on what you want as a client and you might be wondering well what if i say something that you don't want here's the beauty of it the brain has a protective mechanism so you're going to reject uh, reject any suggestion that does not align with your fundamental belief or values and is it is it do you have like a magic wand when you do this? <laughs> no, I don't have a magic wand. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> no. no, hypnosis is, um, it's, I wish it's a quick, it's not a quick fix. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not a quick fix. Um, you get a suggestion. Think about it. You get a suggestion during hypnosis, but the rest of the day, you still shop as by you know, processed food. So your dominant thought is going to take over. So it's hypnosis plus your aligned action equals to the result. And you talk about the power of the mind and how about mm -hmm. the placebo effect and the nocebo effect as examples, if you could explain how they, yes. they are. Yes, definitely. Um, and this is something I realized after I left pharmacy um, in a pharmacy training, we were told like the gold standard is placebo control, right? The placebo control, you, the uh, active intervention has to compare to placebo. So it has this um, placebo is bad notion to it. But when I really think about it, placebo is quote unquote sugar pill. It has no active ingredient, um, but it still have effect. So that to me is the power of the mind because nobody can explain the effect or what caused the placebo effect. Um, nocebo, go ahead. I think people, so people kind of understand placebo, you know, they get a bent, they take a sugar pill for a certain condition and they get a benefit. So that's, you know, mind over matter that shows how powerful the mind is. Right. But people don't know what nocebo is. So if you could explain what that effect is. So nocebo effect is opposite from placebo. So if a suggestion is given to someone that something bad or negative is going to happen, then the person 
may believe that and negative things can happen. So here is an example. Um, for example, uh, a person with a cancer diagnosis and the doctor said you have X month to live. If this person accept that suggestion, the person may leave the world in that X month. Versus another person, the doctor told the same thing, but the person reject. The person might be, oh no, no way! I still have uh, grandchildren I need to play with, but reject that suggestion, and the person may live longer than the X month. So that's uh, nocebo effect. So this goes to words are powerful. Yeah. And you talk about feelings, you know, I think a lot of people feel that feelings are bad and they try to fight their feelings, but explain feelings and what they are and why they can be good and what they're telling us. Yeah, this is also something new I learned after I left pharmacy. And I also want to share my uh, experience growing up. So in my family, you know, they're like, oh, you got to be strong. You should not cry, right? Be strong, be strong, be tough. That's how you survive the world. So I was brought up as being strong. You got to be tough. So that means my emotions were kind of pushed down. But really the emotions, the feelings, they are our navigation system that tell us if your desire, your, meet, your needs, are they met or not? So um trying to think of an example to share. Um, so every feelings has a meaning behind it. And here's an example that's, that's in my mind. Um, so my boss called me to his office and just give me a, another project, a big project. So at that moment, I become angry and stressed out. Right? So why am I angry? Well, because I perceive that as unfair because why does he give the project to other person? It's unfair. And I'm stressed out because my perception is I have so much to do already. So now I have two feelings going on, angry and stress. So when we understand the meaning of these um, emotions or feelings, then we can start to do something about it instead of push down the feelings you know and and i think it you know that the, it's a feel it's a signal of an unmet need exactly and i think that's that's a very interesting statement and it mean and it makes a lot of sense yeah so if i can go back to like example a little bit um so in that scenario i just gave so my my options as my actions, I could be, I'm angry, I'm stressed out. Okay, I'm going to the refrigerator and get the biggest ice cream I can find and eat my ice cream, right? Because I pushed down my emotions. I, I didn't do anything. That was just a distracting thing to do to make me feel better. So I felt better after eating ice cream, but I didn't really resolve the unmet need versus the other alternative would be um, so understand why I'm angry because it's unfair or it's, um, I know why I'm stressed out so I can talk to my boss to see how we can prioritize things. So that action actually meet my need. So I no longer need to push down my emotions 
or use distracting behaviors such as eating ice cream. I think, and it's a good point because if we listen, you know, to our feelings and we act on our feelings, <laughs> then we're going to be a lot happier. <laughs> yes. Listen, we're meeting yeah. that unmet need. <laughs> yes. And there was a very yes. interesting book, right? That was written by Calvin Banyan. Yes, yes, on, yes. On the, the, secret the Secret Language of Feelings. Yes, that, that's a wonderful book. And I read that book. I was like, oh my gosh, I, the whole time, the entire my life, I didn't understand what the feelings were telling me until I read that book. And it's easy to distract your feelings. It is very easy to distract the feelings. Like I say, ice cream, cookies, cakes, <laughs> chips. Well, speaking about ice cream, cookies, cakes, <laughs> and chips, you write a little bit about cholesterol. So does our body make cholesterol to try to kill us? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> no, no. Cholesterol's there for a reason. So, uh, and one good reason I'll share with the audience is uh, our cell membrane are made with cholesterol. A part of is made with cholesterol. Um, our hormone hormones come from cholesterol. So, and our brain is made of cholesterol too. So, cholesterol is not enemy. So, I'm, you know, conventional medicine. Probably when you were in the in the pharmacy, the number one drug you filled was probably a statin. Oh yes, yes, yes. So, you know, so people kind of have to na navigate you know, cholesterol and taking medication and where the sweet spot is for your cholesterol. And I guess a lot of that is, you know, all disclaimer between you and your doctor, but, but as far as for you personally and cholesterol, are you driving down your cholesterol with statins? For me? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. First of all, when the cholesterol is elevated and of course it's a debate of what like what the value is how much is high too high because it's um, a moving target it, yeah it is a moving target and yes anyway so when it's is elevated I, I, let me just say super elevated the first thing should be what's causing it again going back to inflammation so and a lot of time that's from inflammation approach exactly elevated and and like you said cholesterol does a lot of uh, good things and this treating it for primary prevention secondary prevention so it gets complicated and people need to speak with their cardiologists about it but uh, i thought it was interesting what you wrote about it i'm speaking yeah. with dr sharon yay clinical pharmacist certified nutrition specialist hypnotist after the break we're going to talk about dark circles under the eye this is dr kerry geld <laughs> macu health your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. The All Eyes Visual All VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. We're back with Dr. Sharon Yeh, clinical pharmacist, certified hypnotist, 
certified nutrition specialist. Her website is info at drsharonyea.com. That's Y-E-A, doctor, info at drsharonyea.com. She has some great resources on her on her uh, website, guilt-free snacks. She shared one of them already, her gummy bears and mini hypnosis audio for peace and calm. So uh, Sharon, dark circles under the eye. I'm an eye doctor. So I have my feelings of what causes dark circles on the, <laughs> under, the, uh, under the eye. But from a nutritionist point of view, uh, functional medicine, what causes those dreaded dark circles under the eye? Oh my gosh, those are... Really good question. And do I have dark circle today? No. <laughs> All dark circles today. <laughs> good. Maybe I do. So, nah. <laughs> um, so dark circle, let me back up a little bit. So every our body is always communicating with us. So whether it's dark circle, dry mouth, or hair loss, or um, pain. So these are uh, the science signal our body is telling us something. So when it comes to dark circle, one thing that everybody think of is, uh, oh, I didn't sleep well last night. I stay up and party, right? <laughs> so, but really um, underlying that, uh, some nutrients to think about would be, could it be iron deficiency? Um, could it be histamine issues? Um, we also need to look at protein deficiency if there or not enough protein there. So there are uh, these are the common nutrients associated with dark circles. So before putting on the concealers, which I know a lot of people do, <laughs> but look at your um, look at the nutrition status. And inflammation if you're if you're inflamed. Yes, yes. But it got yes. dysbiosis, you know. If you could talk yeah. about inflammation and gut dysbiosis a little bit. Yes, certainly. So um, the, your audience might start to see connected thoughts because I talk about let's go to the foundation, which is um, what's causing this. And really, um, the bottom line is inflammation. So where does this in, inflame, this fire coming from? Well, one thing is um, food, and which we talk a lot of, about that already. And the other piece of this, um, the gut health. So we eat food. And if our digestive system is not optimal, then our body cannot digest and absorb nutrients, right? Um, and um, since I'm a pharmacist, I'm gonna say this. Uh, one of the most commonly used drug is probably PPI, the proton pump inhibitors, and now it's over the counter. So pre-PI is to, uh, used to reduce stomach acid. Again, I mentioned before that everything in the body, there's a purpose for it. So what's the purpose of stomach acid? To uh, break, uh, break down the protein. And also, it's uh, uh, stomach acid removes the bacteria or pathogens from food. So when that pieces are not working, what can they happen? Well, food poisoning if it's acute, but it can also lead to uh, gut dysbiosis. So, and if you're inflamed, I've had a lot of patients that have had dark circles and we looked at their diet and just by cleaning up their diet, the circles are gone within, within weeks. Uh, right, right, right. To do that, you know, alcohol yeah. 
sometimes could cause it. And, you know, as people get older, the skin gets a little thinner uh, on the eyelids and, you know, you can see the blood vessels through it. But many times, you know, we can we can fix it by uh, putting someone on an anti-inflammatory uh, diet, you know, someone eating real food, not processed food. You know, yes, food like we talked about in the in the first episode with all those chemical names. We want people to eat real food, food with one ingredient, typically that's that's or that's organic. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yes. So food is something we can control. We can control what we put in our mouth. So that's usually the first place we can um, do something about it. You know, vitamin C certainly could be helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have recommended vitamin E oil or almond oil underneath the, you know, underneath the eye. But people have to remember anything they put on the eyelid is going to go through and it's going to go, it's a, it's a, that's the thinnest tissue in the body. So anything that goes on the eyelid goes into the eye. And I can't tell you how many times I've had patients that have been to many doctors coming in with a bag of drops because their eye is burning. And the reason <laughs> their eye is burning is they're putting wrinkle cream on the eyelid. Uh, the wrinkle cream is going right through and burning the eye. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, using, you know, when I used to, when I was a kid, I would be dehydrated a lot. My lips would be chapped. Mm -hmm. And one of the cures for chapped lips is, is not being dehydrated. And now I'm not dehydrated. I don't get chapped lips anymore. But I put the Blistex on my lip, touch my eye by accident, my eyelid, it go right through and my eyes start burning. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, you know, so that's something I still carry with me today. So before <laughs> you talked a little bit about your daughter as a picky eater. What, what, what do you do for a picky eater? How can we get them to the little kids to eat a little bit healthier? Not <laughs> do you have any tricks for us? So this is interesting because um, you can't make anybody eat anything they don't want to. <laughs> and I, I know as a mom, I, I really try to get her to expose a variety of flavors, foods, textures. And at the end of the day, she's going to eat what she is going to eat. And my job is to have those food available for her. With that being said, um, I have some tricks, so I usually make things into gummies, like I, I, we mentioned before, um, that's one thing. And sometimes I hide vegetables, and I know this is controversial, <laughs> because some people will say you should not lie to your child, but I usually tell my child that there's vegetable in there, um, and I invite her to eat it. One thing I want to uh, speak about is eating experience. Because for uh, children, especially picky eater, the eating experience becomes so dramatic, so uncomfortable sometimes. And uh, for me, I don't want my family's experience to become traumatic. <laughs> Because that's another stress, a stressor that's going to induce the cortisol, the stress response that we already discussed. So yeah, use the tricks, but also I make sure that our eating experience is as pleasant as it can be. So you talk a lot about pre-diabetes, 
preventing somebody from becoming diabetic. So if you have a fasting blood sugar between 100 and 125, you're pre-diabetic. Uh, if you have an A1C between 5.7 and 6.4, you're pre-diabetic. I know me working in my clinic, uh, we do retinal imaging and I can see mm -hmm. these microaneurysms. And I know that people are on the, the insulin resistance spectrum. First, I want to ask you about what tests that you like to perform. I know that there's a new one that you like, Glucomark. And mm -hmm. if you can talk a little bit about that, along with the other typical ones. And then what uh, strategies do you have to prevent somebody from becoming diabetic? Yeah, okay. So I look into prediabetes extensively because I am a person with prediabetes. And I want to throw a little bit thing here too. Uh, as I mentioned, words are powerful, right? So how I say is I am a person with prediabetes versus I have prediabetes. Do you see the difference between those two sentences? Yes. One is I own it. The other one is I have that label, but with that label. So that's first thing with using the power of the mind. So with prediabetes, that means I can manage it. I can remove it potentially right okay with that being said okay going back to prediabetes so the test um so the uh common test that my doctor they they run is your standard the fasting blood sugar um the a1c those are the two like my doctor will run every uh physical and i'm going to share this with you uh, for the past 10 years i have a label prediabetes <laughs> Um, but I dig into like, why do I have that? Why that prediabetes labels? So that's when I discover more mar uh, markers, for example, glycomark. So this markers tells us variabilities. So meaning um, is your blood sugar going up and down, up and down, a lot of variability, meaning blood sugar roller coaster which is we don't want it to be like roller coaster. We want it to be steady and stable. So that's one marker um, I did. So I found out that my variability, I have a big variability. Um, so that gives me some insight. Um, but recently, it's, it's the continuous glucose monitor. That device really gave me more insight into what food causes blood sugar spike and how do I manage my food to minimize that spike? So that's one part of it. And the other part is nutrient deficiency. And I'm talking about micronutrient deficiency um, because for the body to process carbohydrate, it requires a lot of micronutrients. Am I deficient in those nutrients? And if I, um, if I have an adequate amount of micronutrient, maybe the prediabetes will be uh, done. And I've recommended to my patients that have trouble with their diabetes to ask their doctor to prescribe that for them so they know what they could eat, what raises their blood sugar, and what doesn't. And I always ask my patients who have a CGM, anything that surprised you? Is there anything that raised your blood sugar that you're surprised and anything that you eat that didn't raise your blood sugar that surprised you? And it's very individualized. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes we're surprised about what does it. So 
I'm going to ask that question to you, uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. 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 Yeh. Uh, anything that surprised you with the CGM that raised your blood sugar? Yes. So uh, that's a whole very different experience and very eye-opening experience. Um, so throughout the show, we talk about anti-inflammatory food, anti-inflammatory diet. So if you notice um, on the market now, there are a lot of um, products made with cassava flour because it's it's not nuts, it's not grain. So it's grain-free, right? Um, that product or product with, made with cassava flour actually spike my blood sugar. Interesting. Yes. So that was eye-opening. And um, of course, I noticed already white rice spiked my blood sugar. Um, but when I add olive oil to white rice, I mean, I was doing experiment. Okay. It doesn't spike as much. <laughs> now, I understand that when you eat rice cold, it becomes a resistant starch and it doesn't mm -hmm. spike your sugar as much. Is that the case with you or you haven't tested that yet? You know, I haven't tested the temperature. Maybe next time I will. Try cold yeah. rice. Let me know if it affects <laughs> your blood sugar. Tell me about fasting insulin. Do you think, how important do you think that test is? I think fasting insulin is, 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 in my opinion, it should be part of the routine standardized testing. Um, so either fasting insulin or C-peptide, because um, a lot of changes occur before a definitive diagnosis was given. And I remember I learned this in school years ago, like um, 10, at least 10 or 15 years prior to the diagnosis of diabetes, the person already have insulin resistant. So why do we want to wait until that definitive diagnosis to do something about it? So that's where the fasting insulin C-peptide can give us more information along with CGM or glycomark. Um, so we get a more complete picture of what's going on with this person's metabolic health. And we did a paper where we saw signs of insulin resistance in the eye where we saw microangulus mm. in the capillaries of the eye. And we used uh, fasting insulin and two-hour insulin which mm. was an earlier marker than than uh, blood sugar, and it was very it was a very effective. That paper is in diabetes for anybody that wants to look at. Mm. Look it up. We do have more tips of trying to prevent somebody from becoming pre-diabetes diabetic to diabetic. You know, uh, lifting heavy weights. If you could go through those four tips. For yes. Us. So full first. So again, back to anti-inflammatory diets. Um, if nothing else at least reduce amount of processed product, food product or processed sugar that's being consumed. Um, oh, I want to mention this, any diet product, like diet soda, diet tea, those actually cause a lot of issues. They are yeah, they raise people, insulin. Yeah, they raise insulin. So yeah, so it, yeah, increased risk for diabetes. So food first and then, um, then you might be wondering, like, what do you mean by food? So every meal should have carbohydrate, complex carbohydrate, protein, and fat. So that provides a, a balanced type of meal. Uh, 
Another and tip would be complex carbohydrate. You mean vegetables, vegetables, especially um, root vegetables are good options because some people like for me, I really want to have that. I'm satisfied on my, my meal. And sometimes that does require some sweet potatoes or pumpkins or things like that. And um, people might be wondering, well, should I eat rice? Should I eat grains? It's very individualized. So again, that's not a yes or no black and white answer. Um, but grains are tolerated by some people. And for those people, that's okay to eat grains. Um, what else? In, uh, intermittent fasting. Are you a fan? <laughs> we had to go there. <laughs> How many minutes do we have? Okay, intermittent fasting. So I know this is a big, big topic. Um, I tried it. I personally try it. And again, this is something that should be individualized. Um, let me just say this. If someone who is completely burned out, I'm talking about just fatigue and no energy, brain fog, intermittent fasting is probably not going to be the first place that that person wants to jump in. Because intermittent fasting, we're talking about six hours, 16 hours and longer fasting, it can create another stressor for the body. Um, so it just depends on the, uh, you know, the person's um, baseline condition. And the other one is female versus male. Uh, there's a difference physiologically. So I'll share what I do personally. Um, I've tried 16 hours fasting and uh, during the fasting window, that was my busiest time of the day. I was working, I was running the hospital, and I was starving. <laughs> so that's not much a time to starve when my brain, my body needs energy. And so that didn't work out for me. So for me, I end up doing um, just regular overnight fasting, 12 hours, 13 hours, and that worked beautifully. You know, my opinion is, you know, some people fast and they don't eat till dinner. I think that's the wrong way to do it. This is no, my opinion. Right. I think you should eat breakfast, lunch, and maybe cut it off at five or six o'clock if you mm -hmm. want to do intermittent fasting and not until breakfast. And you'll lose weight if you cut yeah. it up early enough uh, if you're doing it because you want to lose weight. So, and then you talked about exercise. Okay, now I got to pin you down as we're, as we're <laughs> coming to the end. Uh, some of you in your, in your funk, in your, in your your nutritional lab at home, some of your recipes. I want to I want to talk about. You know, obviously you can't go into them all, but you you have a healing latte morning pick me up, better than coffee. Uh, tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. So I'm the type of person who actually doesn't like to cook. <laughs> but I wouldn't know what all those recipes you have. <laughs> What I do is because I really place my um, health as the highest value. So that's something we don't have time to talk about, but where do you value your health and where do you place that value? When it's your priority, you start to do things. So that's why I start to cook. And um, I reframe it as it's my experiments, my lab. So with that in mind, that's where I start to experimenting different things. So if I don't drink coffee, what can I do? So 
I can use um, coconut milk with turmeric, honey, and um, sometimes I add a little bit of bee pollen in there for additional kick. <laughs> um, so that, that's, that's an alternative. And I think I have a chamomile latte and for night for nighttime, and this is because sometimes I want something more robust, more creamy before bedtime. So I was like, okay, why don't I add coconut milk to my chamomile tea? So that's how I come up with ideas. So I want to thank Dr. Sharon Ye for joining me today over the last two weeks. She also has some uh, zucchini chocolate muffins, veggie rolls, chocolate nut milk uh, created by her pink drink. So you go to her website, go to her Facebook, you can learn about this. Dr. Ye, if somebody wants to learn more about you, they want to find out about your recipes, uh, how can they do that? So you can find me at three different places. So my website and uh, Facebook, just search uh, Sharon Ye and uh, Instagram. So the Sharon Ye. And where do we find the recipes? Is that Facebook, Instagram, both? Uh, I will try to organize them. So they are, but right now they are on Facebook. <laughs> so I, yes. I, I want to thank Dr. Sharon Ye for yes. joining me today. She's a, a wealth of information. She gave us great information on becoming healthy and staying healthy. And she shared some of her personal stories, which was very nice of her because thousands of people are going to be watching this and they're, they're going to know about Dr. Ye and the, about that she is pre-diabetic, but we're not going to tell anybody about that except for maybe 100,000 people. So yeah, again, Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Dr. Ye, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for your time. This is Dr. Thank Kerry Gell for Open Your Eyes Radio on AM 1280, The Patriot. The All Eyes Visual Hall VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacU Health with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and micromycel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEbroadcasting.com and sign up today.